Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. It is an off day for the Avalanche, obviously a big game seven coming up, but the NHL doesn't care about our needs for game seven. Plenty of teams no longer in the bubble have already been hard at work on their off seasons. Some of them already making moves, others just rumors. But with the shortened off season, with the condensed schedule, teams aren't wasting any time. They have uh, they have quickly started pulling triggers. AJ, yeah, I mean you have business to conduct. Yep. Um, the and you know in in the past you would have. You know, there's never been a big gap between the end of the 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 end of the Cup Finals and then the pop off, basically. Yeah, and then and then the off season. It's usually like a three week window. Yeah. Um, but this this year, it's literally a week. Yep. The the, the draft is is the, the draft fourth, is supposed to happen. Yeah. yeah, it is. And so October fourth, latest possible date for the Stanley Cup Finals. The draft is supposed to happen seven days after that, and then free agency is supposed to be matched in there somewhere. They're going to have to win, basically, let's just say Colorado wins a Stanley Cup, as as an example. Colorado wins a Stanley Cup. They have to issue Tyson Jost and Val Nachushkin qualifying offers two days later. Yep. So those dudes aren't even going to be done with their bubble drunkenness or whatever they're doing when they receive their QO. Yeah. Right. Like their agents are going to have to be like, Hey, you guys got your qualifying offers and they're going to, they're not even going to know what that means. Yep. No clue. They're they're not going to be able to feel their face and they're definitely not going to be able to feel their hands to check their phone. (laughs) Like that's, that's the reality that the, that these teams are facing. And you know, when, when Pittsburgh and Toronto made the Kapanen trade, which we talked about yeah. already, like these dudes these dudes knew, like, hey, we've gotta we've gotta get to we've gotta get to doing business now. And there are some teams like Toronto has significant business to conduct this year because they have to retool their entire blue line with no money. So that's you know, the in the, with the flat cap and every you know, all of all of the trickle down effect of that, that's now a, a problem. And so we're that's why we're seeing the action start up on these things. Little known and fact, it, the song I Can't Feel My Face with I'm with you was actually written about the Stanley Cup, confirmed on this podcast. True. <laughs> true. But but you bring up a, a good point here, particularly with the flat cap. Teams are panicking. The teams up near the cap are going, oh, God, we need to figure this out right now because we don't have the offseason time to do it. And yeah. it's, it's showing through. I mean, let's let's just jump into the first recent trade here. Montreal acquires Jake Allen in a seventh round pick uh, from St. Louis for a third and a seventh going back the other way. 
this we've talked we've talked a number of times about St. Louis not having any money uh, to re-sign Alex Petrangelo, but they also have Vince Dunn as an RFA. Yep, as as a guy who's looking for a meaningful raise, who's looking for three million dollars, four million dollars, has so, earned a legitimate NHL contract. Yeah, yeah, and needs and just needs they just need money. Um, previous pods, I said that I, I imagine they would try and do what they could to trade Jake Allen. I expect them to try and buy out Alexander Steen. Um, we'll see, you know, and we'll see what else they've got up their sleeve, but doing, doing those two things alone would not clear up enough space for just Petrangelo, let alone Petrangelo and Dunn. So they've got work to do. You know, I am blessing in disguise. They're out in the first round. They've got time to work on it. <laughs> yeah, they had a little more they had a little more time to try and figure this out. So also now they need a backup goaltender because Jake Allen was a saving grace for them this season. Uh when Jordan Bennington uh floundered the, a bit, yeah. Yeah, when 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 his game got a little unsteady uh in, in December and January. Jake Allen was a big reason why that team stayed afloat. If Jake Allen doesn't play as well as he does as as he did this year, uh, the Avs win the Central Division. Yep, they don't really have a. I guess they could give Vili Huso another shot, but you're not feeling super confident going into a season with your goaltending tandem as Bennington <laughs> and Huso. Nope. <laughs> no, nope. there's hard nope. There's gonna be there's gonna be a major goaltender shakeup this year, um, yeah. just because of there are guys who are gonna move teams. You know, Matt Murray's gonna get traded. Braden Holpe's a free agent. Uh, Jacob Markstrom's a free agent. Oh, Rex is Rex is hyped on Braden Holpe apparently. Uh, you know, it was the Matt Murray the thing that got him going. Well, we'll get to Matt Murray. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> there's there's going to be a major shakeup in the goaltending market this summer, and I think you know St. Louis can they can wait on that one. Uh, but now now it's like okay, well they've created the need to spend yep. money there. So okay, now they're they're trying to clear out money to sign Petrangelo, sign Dunn. Well, they also have to now figure out a way to sign a. They have to get a backup goaltender, and however much that's going to cost. Yeah, it, and you know, ultimately, I think they probably save money by moving Jake Allen out, and they'll sign some, you know, yeah. career backup. But oh, totally, backup backup goaltender is the most cost efficient position in the NHL. Yep, by, so by a good margin, you can you can get decent ones for between a million and two million dollars every single year. If you're lucky, you can get one for even a little less than a million if it's just the right situation. But point is, it won't be it won't be hard. But that's still another million that they've got to plan for for something. Yep. <clears throat> uh, Ryanair asks about tomorrow's start time. We won't know until pretty late tonight because it yeah. basically depends on the Vancouver Vegas game. Yeah. So for some reason, Vegas and Vancouver's back to back in their series was scheduled for games six and seven. So if Vegas wins tonight, um, then the Avs are the only game tomorrow in that building. But if Vancouver pushes it to Game Seven, then they've got to figure out the schedule for both games. So that's the that's the reason why we're in this holding pattern. We have a watch party that we're trying to plan, and 
And we have no idea when the game is. Yeah. So you and I you and I are like, okay, well, what time are we heading to the bar tomorrow? And at this point, I'm just like, I'm just going to head down there at noon and just get day drunk. Um, I It's not Destiny that Holpe ends up in Colorado. I know the, um, the meme is the Avs always go get the Capitals goalie, but. Yeah, I'm I'm not feeling that either. It I doesn't Holtby does not make a ton of sense for the Avs for a lot of reasons. But the guy who does make sense, well, depending on who you ask. I don't really know if he does or not, but the guy whose name is being floated around is Matt, again. is that of Matt Murray. Um abs are not here. Pittsburgh has come out. Their GM came out and said, look, I've gotten offers for Matt Murray. I just haven't had any that have met what we want for him. Mm -hmm. So he's going somewhere eventually. That much seems obvious. And this is again, trying to save money. Um, It's funny. We talked, we we just did that whole thing about Jake Allen. We never once mentioned the Canadians and, how Montreal got a backup goaltender to Carey Price. Like, <laughs> well, they and well, and they're now spending fifteen million dollars on goaltending. Yeah, well, <coughs> it's Montreal. I don't know what to tell you on that one. Well, it's it's they've tried to go cheap on backups the last couple of years, and it's completely blown up in their face. Yep, they've gotten they've gotten completely rocked. Well, uh, so now they're like, okay, well, we're going to get a veteran that we know is a proven NHL dude, and. Even though his level may vary, you know, he's... If Carey Price does get hurt, we can put this guy in and feel okay. <laughs> right. Like, Montreal has badly struggled with the backup goaltender position the last couple of years. You know, it, tur- it turns out Keith Kincaid wasn't actually the answer. Who do? Yeah. So... Yeah. I- you know... He Keith Kincaid sub nine hundred save percentage in New Jersey and goes to goes to Montreal and not that not that he was like their main guy but you know he was he was one of a number of guys they tried out there and it just it didn't work out so now they're spending fifteen million dollars on goaltenders and that does not mean that they're going to turn around and trade Carey Price nor should the Avalanche be within ten million freaking miles of that conversation nope no. No, no, <laughs> hard no. And I let agree. me let me try to repeat this a few more times for the people who continue to think that this is somehow a good. No, <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I should have headphones warning. Headphone that. warning. No, hard no on Carey Price, top to bottom. Here, let me let me move away from the mic. No, <laughs> there we go. Had to really get it out. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> my my roommates are gonna think that I'm in trouble. You want to uh, you want to put some money on that, boss man? Because I'll take that bet. <laughs> I think the Avs will win, but I don't think they'll score five in the first fifteen. <laughs> if they score, I, I tell you what. If they score five in the in the first fifteen minutes, we're in for the most stressful game seven ever. <laughs> Because every moment after that fifth goal becomes hellacious. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be so frustrating. It's gonna be because you're just gonna be waiting. You're just trying to speed up the clock at that point. Like you you love the fact that you you're up five nothing. I'm assuming they're up five nothing. 
You love the that fact, but that, that's what all the beer from the bar is for. To, to make it go time go faster. Yeah. It's, it's a just, great point. They get up five nothing, and you drink enough that you don't remember the rest of the game. <laughs> Problem yeah. solved. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you guys are gonna throw me on a, po- a post game podcast set and ask me to talk about it, and I'm gonna be like, well, I don't know. <laughs> you guys fed me too much beer. Kind of bringing it back into on topic here. Uh, Montreal has enough cap space to make that work for the most part, other than we'll see what they do with Max Domi. But I know I can tell you what they're going to do with Max Domi. Trade him? <laughs> yeah, he's going to end up in Colorado. Woo. Woo. He's just going to drop that passively? I mean, I know we've talked mm-hmm. about it before, but. <laughs> I mean, they tried to, the, the Avs made serious plays play for him when Arizona was trying to get rid of him. Um, I'm of the opinion of what they were up to with the deadline. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time the abs had a target and go back to the well for it. They like the guys they like. Yep. You know, the Burkowski thing was revisited twice. So they, they scout guys, you know, they, they coveted John Bernie for a decade. Yep. And as soon as he became a free agent, they were like, get him. And they did. They always get so. their man. Yeah, like they, they eventually, they, I mean, they eventually get guys the the guys that they covet. But anyway, I'm sorry, I turned this into more talking about Montreal again. That's um, okay. It's we'll save uh we'll save the other conversation for period two anyway because okay. we do have to acknowledge our sponsors like Breckenridge Brewery, the beer you can get down at the DNB of our bar. Eight different beers on tap, including AJ's favorite, the Strawberry Sky. Already see him thinking about it over there. I, I I think the vanilla porter, man. Yeah, I I know. I you keep telling me, and I'm yeah. I still incredulous that it's actually your favorite. It's so am I because I'm <laughs> just not not a big porter fan, but they're it's just so good. Vanilla Porter Jr. Then that is a good mm. one as well. They have a beer for everyone. Obviously, you can get it at the bar, but you can also get it at your local liquor store. Go online, use their Breck Beer Locator to find any type of beer you want and pick it up for yourself. Give it a try today. And our DraftKings picks of the week, AJ. They say don't bet on your own sports, so uh, we're both going basketball on this one today. Oh I think- yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have the uh the better bet here to be honest with you but yeah I uh Nicole Jokic to get a triple double it's been a while yeah it's been a while and I feel like uh I feel like it's time you know the the fir- their first round series was dominated by Jamal Murray having basically the series that announced his arrival as a star in the NBA um you know, I'm cynical enough to have been hurt before, so we'll see. But I'm I'm buying Jokic as uh, this is a better matchup. He's not going to have Rudy Gobert all, all over, over him against him. the yeah. Clippers, uh, and so I you know, I I like his I like the chances that they that that Jokic goes off for a triple double in this one. Yoke plus three fifty to get the triple double tonight. Still time to get your bets in. I went with Red in the hot hand there. Jamal Murray popped off in the first mm-hmm. round. He, I say he scores the first field goal of the game at plus 500. Oh, you're going prop bet on me. Yep. Oh, yep. man. I love those. I used to do the. I used to do prop bets all the time for who would win the opening faceoff. The penny prop bets. The best. In, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, in NHL in the NHL uh, prop bets, I I love that opening face off one. I thought that was so fun. It gave meaning to something that we all just sort of eye roll our way through every night. It's like, okay, let's start the game now, please. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay, let's just get this going, and then well, whatever will happen. Nobody ever cares who wins or loses it. It's just like whatever, just just put the puck in play. Like they could they could spice it up if they decided to skip the opening face off. And just like shoot the puck out of a cannon and have them go chase it down. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, Columbus's home ice advantage as they oh, launch the cannon into the offensive zone. That's right. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about right there. I want to see the the betting odds on that. But uh, our two bets sticking with basketball today. DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Sign up today and use code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time. A bunch of amazing offers, including essentially free money if you want to bet on the Kansas City Chiefs not losing by 100 points. So jump on it today. Obviously love their product. Amazing bets every single week. Their odds boosts are awesome. Once you do download for a limited time only, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you all sorts of bonuses. Just go in there and check it out. They have rotating ones, so keep an eye on it. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions, restrictions as well apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-100-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So, yes, it's a conversation we've had before, but let's dive into the Matt Murray conversation again. The you feel a little bit different about it. You have to feel a little bit different about it after what has been Francois's performance in this series. So a couple things happened. Yep. Um, Grubauer got hurt. Yep. And this is the third injury of Grubauer's season. Now you can't look at Grubauer's career. As a, as a body of work and say he's been injury prone. That's not fair because it's not true. But what happened his first four years in Washington health-wise when he was very clearly a backup? Yeah, how relevant is that to a starter exactly. position? The two, years, the two years in which the Avalanche have tried to let him take the starting goaltender job, especially this past season – Let's be honest here. He just didn't do it. Yep. He never he never once had a stranglehold on the position. The high um, the ceiling is there, but the consistency <clears throat> just hasn't been. Right. And he's gotten the he got hurt just as his play was rounding into form in the spring. Yep. Which opened up the door for Francois, who played great. And then they in the summer it's just you know, he, he comes back. He was playing just fine. Yeah, until he like, gets hurt. Like, nobody nobody will tell you he was, like, dominating or anything. But against Arizona, he, you know, he won. He didn't have to do very much. But, two, he did everything asked of him. It, when you're giving up one goal a game, you're doing fine. Like, yep. even, if you're, even if you're only facing 15 shots a game, you're fine. Yeah. It, I think... If we're if we're talking about the Grubauer side of this, the other thing is, look, we now know Grubauer has left the bubble and gone home, which yeah. indicates a certain level of seriousness to whatever the injury may be. And because we've talked about this quick turnaround, yep, 
you have next season in doubt now where you wonder, okay, what if he gets the same? What Okay, so if it's a uh, – this is purely hypothetical, but if it was a groin pull or a groin tear and he had to get the same kind of hip surgery that Varley got that really helped, truly helped him, um, you know – the recovery time on that means that you don't have a goaltender for next year. Recovery time is what? Four to six months on something like that. Yeah. So you're looking at depending on when next season starts, he could to, come in to clarify for right now. Camps are slated to open on November 17th and opening night is supposed to be December 1st. Yeah. So if even if you after take finishing the- on October 4th at the latest. So if you take the shortest side of that, let's say Grubauer yeah. has surgery today and we just don't know about it. Right. Four month minimum, he's missing at least the first month of next season. Right. And if it's more like six months, that's well over half the season that he's realistically missing. Exactly. So you have you have it's not it's it's not a thing of, you know, and again, like there 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 let us be clear here, there were a lot of leaps just made. To get right. to that, to get to that, that for math. all for all we know, Grubauer will be good to go on November seventeenth. Like, Straight up, like he rolls in there and he's totally fine. Yeah, like we don't, we just don't know that. But the team doesn't know that either. I can guarantee you, the team right now doesn't know the next time Philip Grubauer is going to be healthy. Yep, and they have business to conduct, and you know they. Look, when we when when they went and got Grubauer, what situation were they coming off of? Varley. They were they were coming off of Varley getting run at the end of the year in a yep. in a game against Chicago that meant nothing to them, and some scrubbo that's not in the NHL anymore <laughs> decided to take a free run at Varley and he hurt his knee. Yep. Which was bullshit because Varley had been playing great and I'm sorry. I'm still just salty about that whole thing. And that playoffs looks a whole lot different if Varley's healthy for him. Put it that way. Maybe, right? Like, (laughs) maybe, maybe things go a little bit better. But then they had John Bernier, and John Bernier just wasn't quite healthy either. Then they had to turn to Andrew Hammond in that series. So, what did they do? They went out and they were like, okay, we don't want a starter and a backup, we want two starters. So because that way, room. if one of them goes down, we've got we're we're fine. Yep, they had reason to believe that they had at least a low level starter in Pavel Francouz, based on his one year in the NHL. You and I were more iffy on that, but hey, there was the the guy the guy had risen to the occasion more often than not. Yep, and then obviously, it, and, and we can't we can't sit here and act like Francouz's struggles just in that series against Dallas because they he played other games and he was good in those games yeah. but just in that series against Dallas he just, he was bad not good and it and it doesn't undo the entire body of work that he had built to that point but the playoffs is where you make your money it's where you get your legacy it's where it's it's where everything is is elevated and that's just that's just the reality that's just truth and at that point, Francois took himself out of starting goaltender conversation. Yeah, there. You cannot 
be comfortable as the Avs starting Francois at the start of next year. That right after those playoffs, you just can't. So this is why we're having this conversation. Matt Murray, I don't think is the favorite answer for either one of us. I mean, the, the favorite answer is completely unrealistic probably for both of us but oh you're talking about john gibson again yeah yeah. but yes i i agree i don't know that matt murray would be the best reasonable target for the abs either um for the record i don't think they should go after flurry at all either but oh lord no So if, if they can't retain Robin Lehner, I would start there. Oh yeah, one hundred. If, if Lehner doesn't cost agency, you anything, yeah, that's a whole different conversation that I'm sure we will have in whatever our off season is. But yeah, um, but Matt Murray, the the appeal is obvious. He had two playoff runs in which he was spectacular, leading them to a Stanley Cup. He has one. Excellent regular season, one good regular season, one below average regular season, and one bad regular season. So results are all over the board there. And at 26 years old, you'd be making a big commitment there. He is an RFA at the end of the year, currently making $3.75 million. Very, very likely looking for a good chunk of change more than that yeah probably probably gonna get a deal somewhere between five and six million dollars yep so that is your goaltender for the rest of mckinnon's current contract at the very least if you go that route yeah um i have been pretty against the idea of chasing after Braden holpe because he hasn't been good in the regular season for three full years now and at what point do you kind of just think that it's gone? But then to turn around and look at Matt Murray's career and be like, well, two out of the last three have not been very good. And his postseason performances since those two cup runs have only just been okay. Like, I don't, he wasn't their problem against Montreal, but he also wasn't spectacular two things there one the allure of murray compared to holpe is murray is 26 holpe is 30 which 30 isn't that old for a goaltender but if you have a goaltender who's trending in the wrong direction and isn't getting any younger that's already making six million dollars yeah are you putting yourself in a little bit of a dicey proposition there and i and Look, especially given the flat cap in the market, Holpe's probably not going to be making as much on his next deal. But still, he's not going to be cheap. Yeah. And I mean, look, if Jacob Markstrom gets to free agency, he's your perfect he's your perfect middle point between those guys, right? Exactly. Yep. He's he's coming off of a career year, which you always you're always a little nervous about in free agency. But he also had a good year last year. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was solid. And he's he's age appropriate. Like he's you know he's not thirty five years old. He's a he's a guy that you'd be comfortable giving a five or six year deal to. Oh, Markstrom um, was thirty. I thought he was younger than that. Hmm. I thought he was twenty eight. Yeah, so did I. Is he thirty? Yep. 
All right. Well, that's problematic. But anyway, goaltenders at 30 are different than skaters at 30. Right. It, so. it, again, you're always wondering about the fall off, but we do see goalies play into their late 30s regularly. So you have to weigh a lot of things, to say the least there. Uh, What Markstrom has that Murray doesn't is consistency. All right. All five of his last five seasons, his lowest save percentage is a 9-10, which isn't great, but it's passable. And over the last three seasons, it's 9-12, 9-12, 9-18. And in two of those yeah. seasons, he played 60 games. So availability, yeah. definitely a strength for him. Yeah. So it, the Avs, the thing is they don't have to make a decision here. They could go into next season with Pavel Francos and Philip Grubauer, if and when he's healthy, with a backup of Hutchinson, Miska, whoever they want to keep around as a third goaltender, Adam Warren, or whatever. I mean, at that point, it makes sense to just ride Hutchinson out there again, right? Yep. Because you know that he's going to cost you $900,000. Cheap. I I guess unless he wins your Stanley Cup this year, then maybe he costs a little (laughs) bit more. You can let someone else pay that price if he wins a cup and people want him. So Yeah. Then go get Anthony Stolarz. Sure, whatever. Um, which makes this conversation interesting. Um, but uh, there's a lot of speculation here. That's the thing. Outside of Murray, which is the one name that has been thrown around out there quite a bit. That's why his name is coming up, is because Pittsburgh is pretty much actively shopping him. Yeah. So I think it's near certain that Murray is gone from Pittsburgh. I just don't know where he lands and the abs are somewhere on that list. And there, it's going to be a competitive market for him. It's yeah. not like, uh, you know, it's, it's not like there's one other team that they're going to be competing with here. A 26 year old goaltender with his track record is going to fetch a decent haul for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Look, and, I'm all about the Eustace Ananen hype, but yeah. either something terrible has happened or he is a prodigy if he plays an NHL game in the next two years. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> you have Mickey. If he realistically, I don't think we see used to standing in, in an avalanche sweater on McKinnon's current contract. I, and that's kind I would of, agree. <laughs> that's kind of the window that they're building around right now. Yep. Um, that's sort of like in the immediate they're building around that. Yeah. But they. In a world where whatever McKinnon's next contract looks like a way that they could save money is used to saying it. And as a starter on a second deal, if he's a quality goaltender. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's where maybe you like, you get a John Gibson type deal, right? Yep. Where you get a you get a five or your I think his is an eight year deal and lock up long term type situation. Yeah. Yeah, and it's for it's for it's for great goalie money, but none of this crazy ten million dollars. Yep. So I guess that's the other the other name we haven't talked about is Freddie Anderson. Yep. Uh, that is Toronto the other where, one. I don't. I. I mean, uh, for me, I think an Anderson Grubauer swap 
with the abs. The abs would have to throw something else in there, but it makes sense because it saves Toronto money. It doesn't make sense because it's. I don't. I don't think Grubauer is better yeah, than Anderson. You're pretty much swapping the same guy for himself. I think in a lot of ways. I, I I like Freddie Anderson more, but he's more expensive, and I think he has only a year left until UFA. UFA, yeah. and so you're talking about a big a bigger raise, and I yeah. I, you know. If you're going and getting Freddie Anderson, you're essentially just kicking the can down the road a year. Really, is what you're doing. Which, if Grubauer's hurt, like it's. Maybe not the worst idea, sure. Yeah, it's we're like, no, this, this, this could be worse, right? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely fair. But we do have to take our second period break here. Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can get it at the DNVR bar as well. Now, cold brew for these hot days that just keep coming. I know it's supposed to get cold on Tuesday, but these days in the 90s, man, they got to stop. It's way They're too going hot. to. It's going to snow next week. Yeah, I know. I know. Tuesday, it's supposed to snow. And then the next day, it's supposed to be right back to like 85 or whatever. So mm-hmm. got the cold brew, at least, to cool you off a little bit. You can help with anxiety. It's helped with back pain, IBS, you name it. Bunch of awesome stuff. Give Strava Craft Coffee a try today. You can also order online and use code DNVR20 at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. There are still other news, other things going on in and around the league. Uh, Some more pertinent than others. Down in Florida, they hired a new GM, uh, Bill Zito. Another guy coming out of Columbus, I found a bit curious. They seem to just manufacture front office characters down there that go to all the other teams around the league. <laughs> but I, I don't know a ton about the guy and I wish him good luck in, in digging out a franchise that has struggled in the front office for a long, long time. Got a five-year deal. Yep. And so you'd like to see him actually get to see his vision through. Not get it chopped uh, two years through, right? And it's you know, it, if it's a complete disaster, you'll know like yep. quickly. But you'd like to, you know, there's a lot of talent already on that roster, and they're gonna. I think they're probably gonna lose half Hoffman and Dadanov, and I think they'll be totally fine. Yeah, they're but they have plenty of forward talent. It's not right. a huge deal to them. They're all their best prospects are forwards, so. It, the question will be: Can they can they manage to balance their roster a little bit? Are they kind of looking in the same sort of situation as Winnipeg, where they maybe want to deal one of those forwards for a defenseman that can help them? You know, would they would they be interested in a, in a Nikita Zadorov or a Nikita Zadorov? Really, you know, maybe a Ryan Graves. Like, would they would they have any interest in that? Where you know, they've there's a third ish pairing solid NHLD that they can pick up. Right. And and you know, the Avs could get one of those forwards out of there, could pry a forward from them. Yep. Though with them losing Hoffman and Dadanov, I'm and Less. replacing them with cost efficient dudes, I think it gets it gets a little tougher. But Yeah. I mean they have the giant <clears throat> elephant of Bobrovsky's contract too to deal with down there yeah but. definitely but 
point point is is that they're they're gonna have that guy that guy's got a lot of that guy's got a lot of work ahead. Gazlanche doing my segue work for me. Tyson Berry and Tori Krug quickly becoming the two offensive defensemen names uh on the docket for this offseason. Yeah, kind of kind of a decent little uh class that's coming together there on the defense yeah, side. Yeah. Barry Krug and Petrangelo looking like there's a realistic shot. Those guys go to market. You know, at forward, you've got it looks like Taylor Hall's gonna get there. Sorry for your next segue if that was it. <laughs> um, you know, Taylor Hall and and the guys, the Florida guys I just mentioned, Hoffman and Dadnow, those are all quality players. So will be interesting. Um you know the Tyson Berry market, I think, has always been interesting because he's he's just his own brand of player. Yeah, you have to, unlike Toronto and Mike Babcock, you Babcock, you have to understand what you're getting when you yeah. acquire a Tyson Berry, and and you gotta you, just let him be. Yeah, he has to just do his thing for it to yeah. function. Yeah, and you'll get you'll you know you'll just have to live with it. You'll the highs are going to be really high where the guy just catches absolute fire. Yep, and then the lows are going to be frustrating and they're going to suck. Um, I've I've felt like Winnipeg is the perfect landing spot for him for a long time. They need they could use a little puck moving help because I, sorry, but I'm not buying Neil Pionk. and uh, they really they need any any kind of. Anybody with a pulse on the right side to help that defense out. I do uh, wonder. I mean, I don't know. I, it, outside of Winnipeg having trouble recruiting players in general, is that somewhere Tyson Berry would want to go? I don't know. I yeah. I, I mean, that's the we we don't ever have the answer to those questions, right? right? Like we don't we don't know. Um, the abs the abs no. Yeah, there's the no don't need to. The abs don't need to do that. Byram Timmons pretty much yeah. snuff out any conversation about yeah. TV4 well, coming home. Certainly Byram yeah. would end that conversation right off the top, in my opinion. So, um, yep. no. That's, uh, you know, in five, ten years, we'll see. Well, ten, he'd be retired. But yeah, at the I mean, end of this contract, yeah. his next contract, maybe, we'll see. But... Uh, the other one out there, Tori Krug, has been pretty vocal in the public eye saying, look, this is my one chance to get a real big money contract. So mm-hmm. sounds like someone who's headed towards the open market. Well, it sounds like somebody who knows he's he's looking for $8 million and somebody's going to find a way to give it to him. I love Tori Krug, for the record. I love him. Um, I don't. I don't think he makes any sense. Not for the Avs, no. Yeah, he doesn't make any sense for the same reasons that we just dismissed Tyson Berry. Uh, he doesn't make any sense for Colorado. Yep. I I tell you, if they're able to find the cap room, uh, putting dropping him on that Dallas defense, I think Man, that'd be, be another bullet in the chamber. Haskin and Klingberg, Krug, and then even someone like Johns would when he's healthy. Yeah, and then and then um, having Alexiak and Lindell is kind of your as like your roundouts. Yeah, yeah. I I think that would be. I'm I'm nervous. Like it's funny because I'm Dallas, whatever, right? But they get involved in they get involved in big stuff in the off season every single year. 
And that's all like, I almost wonder if that would be Dallas going too far in that direction. And like, at what point do you hit the point where you're just over committing to these offensive minded puck movers and you need someone who actually can shut down defense? Because Alexiak's fine, but he's not like a stud at it. And Lindell is solid defenseman, but overpaid. Yeah. I so I, I do wonder if they need someone a little bit more well-rounded than Krug, but certainly whoever gets them is going to feel pretty happy with the, uh, the acquisition. I, I also, think. I also don't know that them trying to squeeze more offense out of their blue line as an already really defensively the answer, yeah. is the best way to do it. But I think, Anything that anything that makes them more dynamic, moving the puck from one end to the other, is something that they should consider. And that's where, you know, maybe maybe they want a guy that's a little more traditionally two way. Yeah. Um, but though, I mean, those guys are hard to find. Like two way guys are truly hard to find because most of these yeah. guys get to the NHL because they can do one or the other really, really well. It most of these the- guys have spent getting to the NHL. Most of these guys spend most of their careers excelling on power plays or penalty kills. And that's what gets them into the league and gets them and- their opportunities. Finding two way guys is just really hard. You know where you find two way guys in the freaking top 10 of the draft. And uh, let's be honest as Haskin and continues to round out. He's kind of that guy. So, Oh yeah. He's absolutely that guy. He's absolutely that guy. It's just, how do you find a lesser version of that guy to, right. to kind of help them out, you know, and, and round out their top six. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's where um, I think Dallas is going to have a fascinating off season because if they lose, if they lose tomorrow, you look at, you look at their roster, they are still locked into about half their forward core. And all of those guys are old. Like, well, I think the the most interesting thing about Dallas's offseason is going to be they're going to look back at this playoffs and say, "Look, we played nothing like we did in, for most of the regular season and it worked for us in the playoffs." Yeah. So, do they have to really sit down and seriously consider an entire change in philosophy and how they want to build that organization? And if they do, that's when they have to start considering, well, Jamie Ben's not getting any younger and hasn't been great for us. Yeah, I mean, I think if they to a man, I think they would tell you if they could get rid of Jamie Ben for a decent, like a, a solid package. Yeah, I think like, get rid of. That's not the connotation I want. If they could move Jamie Ben for, uh, for a solid, a solid like futures package, which in, included at least one NHL player ready yeah. or proven guy, I think they would do it because. You can you don't have to be a freaking rocket scientist to see that since hip surgery, seventy nine fifty three thirty nine. Uh, he's getting worse. Cliff. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting worse in a hurry as he is as he is getting no cheaper. Uh, he's he's still making nine point five million dollars. He's thirty one years old, and he has five years left on that deal. Now he's had a very productive postseason, which might give them a little bit of pause, as he has had twelve points in fifteen games. But 
again, you have to question those numbers a little bit, given the scenario. <laughs> and that it's the highest scoring postseason in a long, long time. Well, and that both of their they went they the goaltenders that they will have gone against in in the first two rounds will have been Cam Talbot, Pavel Francouz, and Michael Hutchinson. Yeah, and again, Dallas's highest scoring stretch in over twelve months of hockey. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. We're getting we're getting sort of sidetracked here by this whole we Dallas are. thing. I just, we are. <laughs> I I think that they are going to be. They're always. In the way that St. Louis has always interjected themselves into big stuff over the years, Dallas has always been players. They always want to be players. They're willing to spend money. They have an aggressive mindset. They're trying to win right now. Uh, they have to. They basically have to win right now because they don't have a ton in the pipeline. And seriously, they're old. Their average age of their forward core right now is twenty nine point five. That is old, dude. The average age <laughs> for comparison, Colorado's is 26.6. So nearly three full years difference across yeah. the board. Whereas the abs forward core has all of two guys who are 30 years old in Belmar and Calvert. Yep. Where Dallas has Pavelski, yeah. Radulov, Ben, there's another one that I'm not thinking of. Uh, it's all, they also they also have uh, Cogliano, Cogliano and Como, and so six 30 year old forwards. And Ben is the youngest at 31. Like yep. the, their ages of their forwards uh, by by price, it's ridiculous. It's 28, 31, 36, 34, 33, 34, and then there's a Corey Perry somewhere in there. And like Dennis Gurionov and Rupe Hintz are come are the, they need new contracts and they're coming off career years. Yeah. Then you wonder why we think that team scoring isn't sustainable. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, they're gonna be they're gonna be interesting um, to to see what they look like and where they go. I think that uh, I don't know Tori Krug. I think makes a lot of sense for them, but they could really. They're also the guys that will go out and they'll try and sign both Dadanov and Hoffman. Yeah. You know, and, and just get even older and just like, it's don't care. Work. We're all in, baby. <laughs> it's going to work. So, <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see. I think that's most of the news, AJ, unless you got anything else you really wanted to touch on. Uh, Arizona's still desperate to keep Taylor Hall. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, let me let me let me pitch a crazy idea to you. Okay, you're Arizona. Uh huh. You have no first round picks for the next two seasons. Yep. You don't have a second round pick or a third round pick this year. So you have no first, second, or third this year. Yep. You have no first, and I think it's going to be no second. Yeah, because it's the conditional second, right? Uh yeah okay so it will be a third they will get they will get to keep next year's second so okay, okay. they will they will lose first and third from this and next season so they have and a then they second round pick single in the next two years <laughs> exactly those are the only that's the only pick they have in the top three rounds for two years and that's a team that 
also is old at forward and older at forward and needs help. Um, their most their most attractive asset right now has to be Darcy Kemper at 30 years old, and he's making $4.5 million starting next year. If the Avs were going to have a conversation about goaltenders. As the Avs, I think you seriously need to have the conversation. Personally, I think Darcy Kemper's a giant mirage. I want nothing to do with him. <laughs> I do not buy two years of incredible play on a goaltender that for most of his career, couldn't even figure out how to be a regular backup. I just don't trust it, man. I don't trust it at all. Okay. Give me the, give me the counter argument. Cause I know, I know you at least a little interested in it. I'm, I just think that that's, you're talking about an asset poor team. Maybe, you know, maybe you, you just throw a first round pick for that guy. I'm not saying I'm not that saying feels, it does. I guess I don't know. They have to give up what a second and a third for Grubauer. Is that what it was? Uh, No, they gave up a second only because they also took Brooks Orpic. That's what it was. They took. Yeah. Him. Yeah. The, and they bought him out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So Coyotes don't really need any contracts bought out. So you can't really go about it that way. They could. I mean, they're. They're up against the cap. Like, they're smashed against it. You know, maybe they would. Maybe they would. So that's the play. You open up the room for them to actually keep Taylor Hall? No. I, I don't think he wants to stay there. I don't think he does um, either. But I, like, maybe they want to move one of these old expensive defensemen that they have. You know, maybe they want to move Jalmerson. 33 years old, $5 million, and, you know, maybe that's what the Avs do for a year. Instead of, you know, they move out Zadorov and do something else, and and Jalmerson, they take that money off Arizona's hands, and they get Kemper as well. Yeah. And Arizona gets a low first-round pick. Like, I, you know, I'm... I guess... Yeah. The the weird thing with Kemper is he's making four and a half million for the next two years. Yeah. And it does feel like you're you have more decisions to make because that'll leave one year additionally left on McKinnon's current contract. Yeah, but he'll Kemper. if look, if he all I'm saying is, is if he was able to roll into Colorado and play the way that he did in Arizona behind behind the ads. They have to win a cup if he plays like that in Colorado. Then like they just do, right? And then, are you that worried about what you're paying him in two years? No, no. I'm just saying, what happens if you get there and they haven't won a cup? What if Kemper hasn't been the guy he was in Arizona? Then where do you go I, next? I mean, shades of gray, right? Right, of course. But this is this. I, I would also say that to, to circle back here, this is why Matt Murray is so intriguing to a lot of teams. Because at 26 years old, teams are going to be a lot more patient with him. Yep. With, you know, with Darcy Kemper, even with Philip Grubauer. Like, when the Avs went and got Grubauer, they gave him a three-year deal, and we're going into the third year. We haven't learned... Pretty much anything. Uh, we, we haven't learned anything really concrete about the guy, and he's going to be 29 in November. 
So it's not it's it's not like there's a youth factor there. You know, you look at Darcy Kemper and you would say Darcy Kemper's proven more as a starter than Philip Grubauer has. That's probably true. I mean, I, I think it's absolutely true. You look at their body of work, and one of them's been a workhorse for an NHL team, and the other one hadn't been. Yeah, uh, sure. I agree with that. I still don't know how real Kemper's numbers are. but I don't know how real any goaltender's numbers are, ever. Fair, and maybe fair. that's where, and this is where I'm saying, like, maybe, maybe they just say, hey, this guy seems to have clicked something. He's turned a corner. Let's go and grab this guy. We, I mean, he put the fear of God into us for four whole days. And let's, let's put our team in front of that guy. At the end of the day with a goaltender shooting your shot, right? If they had Darcy Kemper in this series against Dallas, do we? I mean, is it, we're, not in, we're not is here. Over. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you look at his number. His numbers, Kemper's numbers, are so stupid from this postseason. Yep, it's outrageous. Because like goals against average is not something that I put a lot of stock into. Because it's so Changed team, yeah. exactly. But you look at it's it always varies between like oh two point two is really low and two point eight is a little bit high, and then you look at what Darcy Kemper did. You, do you know what his final playoff numbers ended up being? I don't. He finished with a three point four seven goals against average because the Avs lit with him up two, so badly. Seven goal game. Why well, he wasn't in for all seven, but yeah. And he finished with a nine thirteen save percentage. Yeah. I, if you look up his uh, his like goal saved above average from the Nashville series, and then like the first couple games against the Abs, it's outrageous. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> the guy played outside of his body; it yeah. was insane. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's <laughs> right. Like if he can keep playing like that, and you go out and get him, you're gonna look like a genius. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm just I'm just saying like that's it's a team that is now desperate for assets. That's because true. their their avenues for improvement are extremely limited with no dra- essentially no premium draft picks the next 2 years. Uh and they have very they don't have a ton coming up. Like the Soderstrom and, and Barrett Hayden aren't enough to make me think that that's the difference between a big yeah. step forward for that franchise and I mean, where they are today. So I don't know that I could be talked into this, but if I were to come around on Kemper, it'd have to be the 21 first because the Avs don't have a second this season. I would take, I would, uh, well, if they win tomorrow and they end up with a, the, their first 27 to 31. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I would take, I would do this year. I, I understand what you're, without, I totally understand getting, this though. Without getting too far in the weeds of, well, the Avid could make a move for a second round pick at the, at the draft floor or whatever. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's Zadorov move, right? Right. Exactly. But that's well, and that's a move they're gonna. I think uh, that's a move you and I think there's a good chance they make anyway. Yeah, just given what <clears> their <throat> defense is shaping up to look like future wise. But yeah, um, plus, hey, the the 
Darcy Kemper for two years also provides you a nice bridge to use to Sandinan if you want it. Yeah, I mean, you that have third year is the, is the only iffy. You have to go shopping then too because you're not keeping Grubauer and Francois and Darcy Kemper and uh, maybe oh. maybe Arizona takes Francois or Grubauer back I don't know but yeah I would say I would say offer uh Francois sure and Whatever. like Francois like Francois in a first for Darcy Kemper it feels like a mistake from Arizona right but maybe they're so desperate they have a new GM I mean, I would ask for more. This is a guy that's been unbelievable in net yeah, for the last few years. I mean, we but, don't. I'm not going to uh, have the whole breakdown debate here. I don't but think. I mean, I, it would be like if I'm from Colorado's that's perspective, I'd, yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, look, I'll give you Francis, I'll give you a first, and if you want another prospect, then I will Let's give talk, you, yeah. I will give you a Drew Hellison, Sampo Ranta caliber of prospect. Uh, they're not going to get. They're not going to get one of the top guys. Um, yeah, but after no, that, obviously uh, not. I'd have to. I'd have to look at what Arizona's prospect needs are a little bit more. Warm bodies. Well, sure, but warm bodies ain't going to get you their one valuable asset. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think that's a really interesting conversation. For all we know, it's one we'll be diving into heavily on Monday, depending on how things shake out. Uh, Oh, boy, is that a true story, sir. Been contacted by a lot of people. Once we get to the offseason, I know people have talked about Patrick Laine. I know people have have hit me up about Domi, all all sorts of other things. We'll get there when the Avs get there. But as long as they're playing playoff hockey, that's going to be our main focus. So... We did a little bit of a show here today on it since the Avs had a day off, but tomorrow we got the big game seven. We're going to have a post-game pod from the bar. Hope all y'all guys will watch the game and tune into us. Win or lose, we'll have something good for you on the show. We're going to get out of here for the day. As always, thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. And until next time, we are out of here.